The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Apatra, and it is Thursday, so you know what that means. I am joined by my good buddy, Andrew Hansen. Andrew, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> doing well, thanks. Yeah, we're starting this uh, just after 10 o'clock, so the Wizards-Bulls game just ended, and I know you and I both had a lot of the a lot of the guys in that game, including Bertans. And I had one lineup with Beal, and it was that classic situation, actually sort of the surprising situation, where end of regulation, Beal hits a jumper with less than a second to go to put Washington up two. And it's the one time you don't want your guy to make a shot because you want the game to go to overtime. So a game that you've semi-stacked can keep cranking up the points. But uh, thankfully, Washington committed a, a silly foul, um, Chicago hit the free throws. They went to overtime, and then all of our guys got a bunch more points. So that was fun. Absolutely. And then, yeah. And then the other thing in that game was I wasn't planning on it, but I, I started to help you with your homework assignment on that new big for the Wizards. I've got the pronunciation on his last name. You know, it was, it was funny because they actually were calling him AP primarily during the broadcast. They weren't even saying his name. And I never heard them say his first name, so I'm, I'm halfway through the assignment for you. His last name is pronounced Passisniks. Passisniks. So it's sort of like Pass is, and then Dominiques. You know, mm. like the Niks. I see. I see. So that's I, I it. Give you credit. That's why you are the language Olympic. Oh, that's right. That's <laughs> that's part of my part of my gig. Oh, that's perfect, man. Because there wasn't a chance I was going to be able to to get that out, and I wasn't going to try and butcher it. So I, I do appreciate you letting me, uh, you know, kind of cheat off your, your homework. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, for you doing the assignment. Passes Neeks. Okay. I, I'll probably still butcher it 11 times. So um, I don't know, you know, if it's worth, if it's worth me trying, uh, you know. The I think you nailed it. Crack a by, by the way, we'll put an asterisk next to it and just give the caveat that this is what the Washington Wizards announcers pronounce it as. And so we, you've got to figure they've got it right. But, I mean, it's not foolproof. You know they they may not have gotten it right in the first game, but that's what that's what they used. Yeah, and he played big minutes, man. At the end of the day, he played twenty seven minutes tonight. So uh, yeah, we'll have him on the yeah we'll have him on the Friday slate. So we'll, we'll we're ahead of the game here. We're scouting him out a couple days early for that slate. Absolutely, and we have um you know before we get started, guys, just a quick shout out to our presenting sponsor. Uh, our buddies over at Who I and Owls Kona Coffee. Uh, you know, we hear me, Andrew, and Coach talk about it every show. Uh, it's our absolutely favorite coffee company that there is. I, I don't stop anywhere. I just homebrew, take it to work from now. Um, absolutely try them out, guys. Holiday season right around the corner. Um, you know, definitely might be too late to get it by holiday day. Uh, but, you know, you always see those extra family members in the straggling week or two. And, you know, you always have that extra gift where you just have it and make it for anybody. A unisex gift, uh, as you say. And uh, this is the perfect one to choose. So if you want to go check them out at HawaiianIsles.com or you can check them out on Twitter. Uh, just search Hawaiian Isles Code of Coffee or you can find them on Amazon. So there's multiple ways to get them. Uh, give them a shot, though, guys. I'm telling you, once you try it. Uh, you won't be disappointed. You'll be coming back for more. It's It's got me hooked uh, going on about two years now. So um, I'm going to continue doing that, Andrew. I don't know. Have you uh, have you restocked? I know Coach is running out. Yep, restocked. And, yeah, there's no stopping me either. All right, man. Well, we uh, we have a four-game slate to get, jump into. Uh, pretty light one. Uh, but it's not light as far as star power, Andrew. Looking at this slate, it's going to be a, a day where – you know, everybody just sit down, tune in, and just watch some good basketball games because we have a, some pretty good fun ones that we're going to get to see some star-studded clashes. Uh, and it's going to be hard deciding how we spend up. So I'm looking forward to do, running through this with you. I know I'm going to have a ton of questions for you, man. Um, and, you know, I'm hoping we can answer a few of these ones just thinking out loud for some of our listeners because it's going to be hard decision-making. It is. We're going to have to work through it. It's got all those tough decisions that Coach didn't want to make on his favorite slate Earlier in the week when he didn't have Harden and Giannis, and 
you know, I, I know where he's coming from because once you get those guys involved, not to mention LeBron, AD, Trey Young, we, we're going to have to make some hard calls tonight. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, like all these guys have that 80, 90 point upside, um, you know, it, taken to their prices into account and the matchups into account is how we're going to have to make our decisions. Uh, but any single one of these guys can go off on any single night. So we're going to try our best on especially on a night like this, not to just say, you know, they're all playable. I mean, it's a four game slate. They're all stars. Of course, they're all playable. So we're going to have to try to narrow this down a little bit. We're going to do our best, uh, you know, impression by doing that, but just think it out loud a little bit and kind of running through the game scripts that we'll go over. Uh, so, I mean, if, if you're ready to do this, Andrew, we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, first game of the night. Slate starts 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. We have the Utah Jazz going against the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, you want to kick us off? Sure. I'll start with Utah, and I'll defer to you on Trey Young in this one to see what your thoughts are on, on that star. So I'll go with Utah, which surprisingly on this star-studded slate, I think is probably the best opportunity to stack multiple members of a team and do it at a reasonable cost. You've got the great pairing of Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert here at, at really good prices. Mitchell only 8K, Gobert 7.8. And I think we're going to see some lobs between those two if if Utah plays it anything like the Knicks did against the Hawks. If, if you saw that game earlier in the week, man, what a shootout. New York put up 143 on the Knicks, and Mitchell Robinson had his game of the season. He, I was watching the fourth quarter. I think he had at least four lobs where no one was even close to him. So he was just putting up easy dunks. We know Rudy Gobert can do that. So I'm, I'm looking for a nice correlation on this slate between Mitchell and Gobert. And then the other guys, Ingles and Bojan, they are both attractive as well in the 6K range. Ingles has five straight over 30 fantasy points. Bojan has last two over 40. And, you know, they're, they're, they're just they're being you know more effective, getting more opportunities without Conley. And the fifth guy I would consider on Utah is O'Neal. He was out there down the stretch in their last game against Orlando with Conley out. Um, so I like all five of those guys. And this is a game I think that's a bit of a sneaky stack on this slate. You know, Normally you don't think about stacking Utah. But against the Hawks in the 28th ranked defense, I think it's a good move. And it was the right move in the last slate if you, if you stacked multiple Knicks. That was your way to get to the top of the leaderboard. Absolutely. I'm with you. I think this is uh, you know, in a great spot, playing simple. I mean, the only thing that we have to worry about uh, when targeting them is, honestly, this game has some blowout, some real blowout risk, just seeing how badly the Hawks have been playing lately. You know, to get thromped like the, by the Knicks, like you just said, um, that's not an easy thing to do. Uh, you know, you, yeah, it's, seriously. It's, it's kind of hard to do. So uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this in two different uh, you know points of view, and it's kind of just like I said with game scripting. So if I'm game scripting this, the game to stay close, I think Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, um, absolutely phenomenal plays. You know, both of them priced very fairly. We'll see a bump in paceage, bump in shot attempts. Conley's still out. Kind of they they you know helps that rhythm that they both have been having. Uh, and Gobert's has been rebounding out of his mind, so uh, no problem. The front court's weak, back court's weak. Both great plays all around. Um, you know, probably not going to pay the 6K for Ingles. I'm not going to knock you if you want to. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, it's going to be hard to kind of float around that middle, that mid-tier price range with all these stars on, especially if you're trying to get two of them. Um, and then um, I think O'Neal, like you said, I think he's a, he's a great play at 4,100. You could play him in either kind of scenario for either game script. Game stays close enough, he'll still play. Game gets out of hand, he'll still play enough minutes where he could pay off that $4,100 salary. So... Uh, that's kind of the way I'm approaching it. I'm not really dumpster diving. The thing is, even if this game just gets out of hand, it's not like they go out there and play any one particular player like Ed Davis or uh, Moutier or any of those guys' big minutes. It's kind of uh, bench guys getting a few extra minutes while the starters just don't play enough to get them to where you need them to be. Yeah, certainly. Certainly a blowout potential. But let's say it stays somewhat close. Do you like Trey Young? See, that's, that's tough. Um, I do like Trey Young in the spot, knowing that Conley is not going to be playing. Um, the only thing that it comes down to is the price tag for me. I mean, when he's only $200 cheaper than LeBron, even though LeBron's in a tough matchup, that's going to be a, huff, uh, you know, a, a hard trigger for me to pull. Yeah, and, and you know, I think um, that that's going to be a big decision to make. And the hard thing is that in that last slate, 
Trey Young outplayed LeBron. I mean, Trey Young was just electric in the garden. He was draining from deep. You know, he played all the way till the end of the game, even though that was a blowout. So that's encouraging. Um, but I agree. I'm I'm a I'm a little bit less excited about Trey than I was in that game against the Knicks. Yes, um, I'm a little bit more interested in some of the the mid tier guys for the Hawks. Yeah, and at the end of the day, that's that's kind of the approach I'm taking too. I think that we have some decent value in that mid tier. Uh, you know, where they're still priced pretty fairly at 4,900. Um, you know, I have no problem kind of looking at him. He's he's kind of off that minutes limit. He's not playing. I went after he re-aggravated his shoulder injury. Gave a lot of people a scare. So you know he's playing that pseudo backup point guard role along uh, and alongside a Trey. So that bodes well for his assist value as well. Um, and then I would say if you want to, you know, take a shot at the guy, Alex Len. Um, at the end of the day, they're going to need size. Yes, Damian Jones has been their starting center, but they're not going to be able to run him alongside uh, Rudy Gobert for very long. They're going to need Alex Len's size. So I think at 4,500, you could look at Len. And he can get you one of those cheeky double doubles, uh, you know, unexpectedly for like thirty DK points at forty five hundred. Yep, yep. Got a note on him, and I also like Hunter at five point one. It really seems like Herder and Hunter are the guys getting the shots recently. Jabari Parker just seems like he's just floating around, not doing much. I don't know what's going on with him, but he's really streaky right now. He's not doing much, so I, I like Herder, I think, Herder uh, and Hunter. I think he's part of uh, that locker room turmoil that you're hearing all about. I think that that probably has something to do with Parker. I mean, at the end of the day, he's one of the only veterans on this team, and let alone you know in the starting lineup. Uh, so it's it's kind of uh, you know expected maybe for anybody to be a little frustrated with how they played and their record and everything is is the guy that's been in the locker room, multiple locker rooms. So um, I'm not expecting it's you know the young guys who are in their first or second year. You know, stopping their feet, saying, you know, why aren't why aren't we getting more shot attempts or whatever it may be? Why aren't we winning more games? Coaching's bad. Um, so I, I'm I'm kind of gonna chalk that up to that. And I've been steering clear of Parker uh, ever since he's kind of started this slump. Uh, you know, I I jumped on him in the first few games where he was inserted in the starting lineup. We were getting him at a fair price, and we were seeing him take 18 shots a game. Uh, but that's just not the case anymore. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, we were on him in that it was the matchup against Chicago, right? But He's been he's been really trending down, so I'm going to stay off him as well until we see him break out a little bit. Yeah, and you know, take out that Chicago narrative, and there's probably not a chance I would have played him. And I don't even think he played well in that game, so I kind of regret it. Uh, you know, but I, I I'll tell you what, I'll still look at that narrative next time around too. Um, it's one that I never avoid. All right, you ready to move on to the next game, or you have anything else from this one? No, ready for game two. All right, let's move on. Then we have the 8 o'clock game, one of our first star-studded shows. It's going to be the L.A. Lakers going against the Milwaukee Bucks. This game's going to be taking place in Milwaukee. Uh, Anthony Davis, still questionable right now. They're saying he's hopeful to play. He's been dealing with uh, ankle soreness, so we shall see. It's Anthony Davis, um, you know, hopeful to play. doesn't mean he's not going to get, uh, you know, ruled out 30 minutes before the game. So, um, you know, we'll take this into consideration and we'll kind of give you guys an outlook on both scenarios, if he plays, if he doesn't play. And we'll start with you, Andrew. Which team would you like to talk about? Well, I want to chat about the Bucks a little bit because I got to watch a fair, a fair bit of that game against Dallas their last time out. And I was really impressed with the way that they fought. I mean, they were down big and they just didn't quit. So big props to Budenholzer, all those guys that were out there. And then it was so fun to watch Giannis come in in that last minute. And I, th I think he may have had three buckets in the last minute where he was just going coast to coast with, you know, two or three dribbles and just showing off how much of a freak he really is. It was it was a really fun to watch a comeback like that. I do like that in the, in the NBA and it sticks with me. Um, so one of the stats that came up in that game, I believe it was that the Bucks have scored over 100 points in 52 straight games and that the NBA record is 61. So um, something to keep in mind going forward, you know, they're just they're just a lock um, to, to put up big points. And, of course, they are first in pace and second in defensive office, defensive efficiency. Um, I've been looking for an over under in this game it hasn't come out yet. So they're probably waiting on that AD news. But, um, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. And Giannis at eleven point three, that that is a that is a big price tag. I think there's a chance though that if I'm going to only pay up for one star, it is going to be Giannis. 
I think he's going to rise to the occasion here with this home matchup against the Lakers. First time these teams are, are matching up this season. And as far as the other Bucks, Brooke Lopez at 4.2. I've got him circled. He hasn't been doing too much lately. He got a double-double a few games back. But I think they're going to need him uh, with, with how big the Lakers are and you know dealing with McGee and Howard. So I think this is a, an opportunity where he might be a little bit low-owned. So I'm going to go after him. And then Dante DiVincenzo, price going up a little bit, but I just love the way he looked last time and getting those sort of hustle stats with 10 rebounds. He chipped in nine assists last game. I like him. And then you got to consider Middleton as well with Bledsoe still out. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean – not going to argue with Giannis as, as your top star. At the end of the day, 31 shot attempts against Dallas. I can't remember the last time he shot that many times in a game. Um, so you could tell that he, that's the that's the will and the Giannis is kind of that tenacity that he plays with. Uh, you know, he's always trying to win and come back, and he'll handle the game by himself if he has to, and he tried. Uh, so 11-3, I think that's more than a fair price tag. It is a tough matchup. The Lakers play one of the best defense, uh, some of the best defense in the league. So I think a lot of it's going to come down to AD for my Giannis exposure. If AD plays, um, I'll probably just take a slight tick back on the Giannis exposure. Um, and if he doesn't play, I think you can go full bore on Giannis. I, I just don't think them ha- not having that rim protector there in AD. Yes, they'll still have Howard, and yes, they'll still have McGee, uh, but those guys aren't as, as athletic and um, you know, they're not going to be on the court for all the same minutes either. So I have no problem going with them. But my main guy I'm talking uh, and I'm really looking at on this uh, Milwaukee side is going to be Brooke Lopez. Um, I just love the price tag, only 4200 Minutes have been down a little bit. Um, but, you know, that's not a big deal. 20 minutes in the last game. Going against his former team, we know that the Lakers are going to play with a lot of size. And Brooke Lopez is probably going to have to get a decent amount of playing time. And when you talk about two centers on the Lakers in JaVale and uh, – you know, Dwight, who are basically paint-dominant centers, Brooke Lopez should have a field day stretching these two out. So I think at 4,200, I have no problem getting uh, a lot of my Milwaukee exposure uh, to Brooke. You know, if I'm playing Giannis, maybe I don't play Brooke. It doesn't necessarily correlate as well. I still think you could get away with him because of Brooke's price tag. But any lineup that's not playing Giannis and you still wants to get some exposure to this game around this Milwaukee side, I think Brooke Lopez is a great way to go. Just because at the end of the day, uh, they're still very good at defending the perimeter. I think Middleton's price tag is more than fair. 6300 leaves plenty of juice left on the bone. Uh, don't get <laughs> yeah. me wrong. Uh, but, you know, Avery Bradley's back. They still have Danny Green. They have plenty of capable wing defenders that they could throw at Middleton to keep him busy. Uh, and I think, you know, trying to take advantage of the matchup, it's going to come down to Brooke Lopez. He's going to have the biggest, uh, you know, advantage to take. So that's kind of my, my uh, view on Milwaukee. I know I, Dante DiVincenzo has been everyone's shiny new toy. Uh, I picked him up in a lot of season-long leagues at 5200 I think that's a fair price. Um, you know, he's been playing well in the starting lineup. He should continue to start and get good run. And he's looking like he's playing more of that actual point guard role uh, with Bledsoe out. And, you know, that just goes to show this guy's very versatile. Um, you know, he could play the one and the two very well. And, you know, I don't mind looking at him at 52. Um, but I think that uh, at the end of the day, that's a tough defense. And uh, I'm not going to go out of my way to put him in there. If, if I land on him with one of my last roster spots, I'm more than happy to play him, though. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't go completely out of my way. But uh, it's fun to hear that you're as much on Brook Lopez as I am. So I've got two stars next to him now, and he's going to be locked in. Oh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm on the Brook Lopez train. Forty two hundred is a great price tag. I just don't see how he doesn't just at least take you know eight three pointers this game. Right. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't like that's their that's their advantage right there. That's what they need to take advantage of. Howard's not going to chase him out. McGee's not going to chase him out. Um, and all you have to do is if AD's out and they pull one of those guys, if they use Brook, pull that center out of the paint. Uh, hello, Giannis, just taking it to the home. That's going to be bad news for him. There's nobody in that room to protect. Uh, I, I think that that's just going to be, you know, asking for trouble. So, uh, you know, both those guys are going to be my two primary targets in this game, but Brooke Lopez is almost going to be a staple lock for me. Yes, sir. How, what are you looking at over there on the L.A. side? Well, that's a good question. Um, Rondo at 4.8 is probably my favorite play. I know he's dealing with a bit of a hamstring issue. But, um, you know, I, I think he can do fine in this matchup. Um, I think they'll rely on him. Um, as for LeBron and AD, 
That is always a tough call. I, I, I really think there's a good chance that in most of my lineups, I'm not going to play either one of them. Um, just because I really do like these Utah guys. I want to play a lot of Mitchell and, and Gobert. But um, I would probably lean towards LeBron uh, in the lineups where I am deciding between the two of them. Yeah, I mean, 10K for LeBron James is, you know, you can't you can't ask for a much better price at the end of the day. Uh, down game in the last one when he was Chalk City, so maybe that scares a couple people off along with the matchup. Uh, but LeBron's just as much of a gamer um, as Giannis. I mean, he doesn't show it necessarily uh, in the media, in trash talk, or anything like that. But you can see his energy when he's on the court in these tough games, and he looks to win these. And if he has to take control of the game, we've seen it several times this season, he will. Um, you know, I, I, I'm perfectly okay with paying that 10 K. I wouldn't be shocked if we see almost a triple double S game. Um, and at the end of the day, if we see just a back and forth game between LeBron and Giannis, we're going to want exposure to both these guys. So, you know, if you're a GPP player, um, you know, these two games between this and the Houston and Clippers games, you're going to want to do little mini game stacks of both kind of scenarios. Um, and this is like a multiple lineup type of night. Um, there's no other way to say it. We're gonna. I'll give you my push come to shove, I guess, uh, at the end of the day, and you know, kind of break it down between uh, you know Trey Young, Harden, uh, Giannis, and uh, LeBron, and you know, I guess I'll even lump in AD and kind of say if I can only pick two of those guys, who are my two favorite. Um, we'll get to that at the end of the show, but uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's you know, kind of getting that exposure because if one of these games hits and you have a LeBron Giannis stack with a little bit of Lopez, you could sprinkle in enough value to get those two guys in there, and that game ever goes to overtime, count your money. Yeah, absolutely, I, I agree. I think this is a, a, a fun slate because it's only four games, which I really like, and at least three of these I think are prime for stacking. So I, I agree. I mean, if you if you're in a if you're in a if you're a multi-entry player. You're in a contest with say 20 entry max, then I would say at least two or three lineups for each game. Stack it up, mix out the value plays a little bit, and um, you know maybe not all the other players will do that, and that's how you get your edge if one of them really goes off. You know I love myself uh, the 20 entry max contests. Yeah, they're a lot of fun because they, you know, you don't have to deal with over a hundred lineups. So it's a lot easier to manage, and then it's you level the playing field, and you know that I, I I love them too. It's it's a great way to attack the slate. All right, man. Well, um, I'm kind of looking at the same thing as you as far as the Lakers. I think Rondo's a, uh, probably one of my fair plays on the team. Forty eight hundred is a fair price tag. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go back to the well in the centers though. Uh, you know, yeah, a little they're priced up, up a little bit. And for the same reason, I'm, I, I mentioned Lopez. I think that at the end of the day, he's going to pull these guys out of the paint. And that's where they need to be to be effective. We want to see them blocking shots at the rim, and we want to see them getting as many rebounds. We know these guys aren't necessarily scorers. Neither one of them is putting up 25. Uh, but, you know, so at the end of the day, I don't, I don't think I'm going to end up getting there. I'd much just pay down for Lopez, uh, who's much, much cheaper. So, um, you know, that's kind of where I'm at with that. I already touched on LeBron, and it's really after that, just Rondo. It's a tough defensive matchup for everybody. If AD's out again, you know, you can expect Jared Dudley to uh, most likely draw the start. Um, you know, whether they put him on a LeBron to get, or on a Giannis to get absolutely abused or not, well, that's, <laughs> that's yet to be seen. Uh, but he only played 13 minutes in the last one, and, uh, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't you know, tell anyone to really think about playing him. You know, if he were to get 28 or 30 minutes, He's not a good point per minute producer at 3,300. I could see, you know, the 20 DK points to get you a little over 5x, but I I don't think we need to force that unless you're really, really, it makes sense. You know, you're getting all the studs in the world and it's the last guy. Uh, it's, only, it's the only option. And AD has to be out. So you need a lot to go right there for that play to actually be worthwhile. Yeah, following up on your points there on the bigs, I, w- I was with you on the last slate with McGee, and I know you are on Howard as well, and they both paid off value against Indiana. But uh, with the price up and the different matchup, I'm not on them as much. I might prefer Lopez. And then I want to ask you about those other wing players for the Lakers, Caruso, Bradley, Pope, and Green. You know, because we talk about multi-entry, and the price tags on these guys are just – it's like they're begging you to multi-enter and do a lineup with each one of them. Caruso's 3.8, Bradley's 3.6, Pope 4K – Green 3.9. If you had to play just one of them, anybody jump out? If it's just one, it's probably going to be Danny Green. <clears throat> just because he's the guy I can see if this game's close, playing the fourth quarter run. Uh, you know, given the uh, 
availability of his, you know, shooting availability of him taking the, like the last big shot. Um, he's that type of player as well. So I think Green would probably be my best option. He also provides the steal upside. He's very good defensively. Uh, he occasionally has those random stat line games with a few boards. Um, very good shot blocker as a guard. So I, that's probably the guy I would go to. I, I just don't see, you know, Bradley. He hasn't done really anything in about two years and now. Um, and he's kind of been not in a minutes restriction, but they're easing him back after he missed, uh, you know, several games. So he's only been back for a few games now, I think two or three. So still floating around that 20-something minute mark, and they're deep. So none of these guys are really going to see 30 minutes, but if I had to peg one of them too, uh, it, my, my money would be on green. Excellent. I like that call. I mean, that's a that's my tournament brother talking right there. The, you know, he's he's a boomer bust guy. I don't like him at all for cash, but he you're right. He is one of those guys that can just surprise and get 26 to 30 fantasy points without you really noticing it. So he is more of the explosive option out of that quartet. Yeah, Coach is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Coach is usually on Coldwell Pope. He gets, he gets a good amount of love for Pope, so that's probably who he would say. Um, just kind of speaking for him since he's not here and he's hiding under a rock after uh, Denzel Valentine decided to play eight minutes uh, and put up five actual points. And uh, what was it, a total of maybe like a, a solid eight or nine draft? So needless to say, Damian Lee, the game's about to start in a few minutes. I'm feeling pretty good about that one. And uh, so, you know, that's that's one in the books I'm going to count right now for old Mike. And then, uh, you know, we the other bet that we had was Josh Richardson versus OG. So both of them had very good games. Uh very close one. Um, you know, I didn't. I didn't check the actual DK points yet, Andrew. Uh, maybe we'll break it down uh, on the show. But I believe OG put up. Uh, I think it was something like seventeen and nine. So he had himself uh, a, a pretty good game. But uh, Richardson came back with a nice one, seventeen, like six assists, five rebounds, something around, along those lines of the block. So it's gonna be a tight one. Um, yeah, you're gonna really have to do the math on that one and check the results. And yeah, check the no, I don't like math, man. That's why I just like looking on <laughs> DraftKings and it's got it all added up for me and everything. I think you know, they said fantasy originally started in a bar where they just kind of kept t- uh, track of everything on a chalkboard. I might have hated fantasy if that was the case. <laughs> I would have been all right. I, I like the math. So if you gave me the full stats, I, I would do it for you. Otherwise, we'll just have to we'll just have to check the DraftKings later. Look at you, man! You're just the total package. You're not only the language Olympic; you are the math Olympic as well. <laughs> so, I try. I try. Impressive. That's impressive, man. Tool uh, the tools of the trade. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anything else from this game? Are you ready to kind of move on to the third game of the night? Let's do it. All right, man. We got the uh, Brooklyn Nets going to the San Antonio Spurs. They're going to be traveling to San Antonio, so. Uh, this game, I think, is another one. Um, you know, it's kind of falling in line with that Utah Atlanta game, where you know there's going to be some decent price ancillary pieces that we're going to need to fill out some of these roster spots, um, and it should be a fairly competitive uh, game as well. So, you know, not necessarily as much firepower as some of these other games, but nonetheless, we have some options to look at. So, uh, Andrew, you know, I'm a gentleman. Uh, who would you like to start with? Well, very well said there with with the brief game description. I agree completely. And you know, I got to try to be a gentleman like you as well. So I'm going to jump on the Spurs this time. Can you believe it? What? <laughs> just trying to make sure you're still awake, you know? I, I, just trying I, to keep you on your toes, you know? You just, just broke the smelling salts, man. Rub them underneath. <laughs> I, I've told you before we got on air, and I've I'm, I'm been sick as a dog over the past few days. So I feel like someone just put the TheraFlu in my cup. I'm good to go now. Let's, let's Nice. <laughs> Perfect. All <laughs> right. It's my ears. All right. Well, let's go. Let's let's talk some Spurs. And I know you like DeJounte Murray, so I'll even start with him. 5.7 against this Nets team. I like him a lot. He's starting to be a little bit more consistent. Right around that 30-minute mark, last two times he's had over 30 fantasy points. So he's in that 5 to 6x return. So I do like him. I did notice, you know, the one thing I don't like about him, and I just went to verify it on his shooting stats, He's only 5 for 28 on on threes this year. So he just doesn't really have that element in his game. Not too surprising. The Spurs aren't big on three-pointers compared to the rest of the league. Of course, he does get 1.7 steals per game. Um, so I, I, I am attracted to him in this, in this game. And then another reason why I wanted to start out with the Spurs here is because I think this is the first time all season that I am – more excited about LaMarcus Aldridge than I am DeMar DeRozan. And, you know, looking at the last three to four games, Aldridge has been a little bit more consistent. And I think he can get a shot off 
against um, Torian Prince. If that's who goes up against him, I think he'll, you know, he'll, he'll have that size advantage for his 16 to 18 foot jumpers that he likes to shoot towards the basket. Um, you know, more than most players in the NBA. And then Pirtle at 3.4 is one of my sleepers on this slate. He, you know, his his minutes have been a little bit inconsistent recently, but I do think he'll get some good run against Allen and DeAndre Jordan. I, I think they're going to need to play him. So I, I like him a lot. The only problem is that he's only center eligible on DraftKings. And as, as you've heard me talk about, I, I really like Gobert on this slate. Um, I really like Brooke Lopez. So, um, you know, not to mention Capella in the last game. So that's going to be a real tough challenge on DK. Again, it's going to prompt me to want to make more lineups because if, if you like four centers and you can only play two of them, it makes it tough. Decisions, decisions. Yes, uh, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Nets versus the centers is a thing that we love to target. Um, you know, I think Pirtle's, uh minutes have been down a little bit. It's just due to the, you know, Trey Lyles. He's kind of been inserted back in that starting lineup of the past few games. Um, and, you know, whether he starts at center or Aldridge, um, they kind of flip-flop depending on who they're facing. So we'll kind of, uh, you know, we might we might be able to see that, you know, half hour before a tip. Uh, hopefully, um, you know, they might even disperse. So as long as nobody's, you know, getting suddenly rolled out, they might even release the lineup a lot sooner than that. But I'm with you. Uh, you know, I like to play me some DeJounte Murray. Um, and if you're a tournament guy, always hedge your DeJounte Murray with like, you know, a couple Derek White lineups as well. Um, it's just these guys just directly correlate. When one of those guys' minutes are getting limited, the other one's playing 30 plus. So uh, it's that simple. Um, you know, the necessary, like generally I look at it and Murray just played 30, so that means he's going to play 22 this game and then White's going to play it. But you're right, back-to-back games from Murray. And, uh, you know, I kind of talked about this about a week and a half, two weeks ago. Um, that soft minutes limit is supposedly gone. So, um, well, you know, I hope, I'd love to see Pop playing him at least 30-plus minutes. I mean, he is the future point guard of this, of this team right now. So um, I want to see him play, and he's a great point-per-minute guy. So with you, I like Aldridge. Um, I'm, I'm definitely big on uh, Murray as well. Um, and then, I, I, you know, I know you said Pirtle. Um, I'm going to say Lyles. I think either one of those guys, if you wanted to take a shot in the, uh, in the dark on, um, just hope that they can grab 10 boards going against this, you know, pretty putrid rebounding front court. I mean, on, on paper, they're very good at rebounding. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but they do allow a lot of rebounds as well. And they're pretty, uh, pretty inefficient at protecting the paint. So I have no problem looking at those guys. Uh, what about over on the Nets, Andrew? Anything standing out to you? Well, on the Nets side, you know, speaking of point guard and center duos who, who lob and, um, you know, correlate with each other, Dinwiddie and Allen looked really good against the Pelicans last time out. Dinwiddie at 7.9. I, I guess I, for example, don't like him quite as much as Mitchell at 8.0. Um, and, you know, unless that Utah game blows out, you know, then, you know, Dinwiddie certainly could outscore him because he's been so consistent around that 40-point mark. Um, Harris looked excellent in the last game he's 5.4 and the spurs are 21st against three-point shooters they're giving up a a percentage of 36.5 so i think harris could could score well here again and then wilson chandler i've played him in both slates that he's played at 3.0 minimum price and he's paid off around 6k now he's priced up uh, paid off around 6x. Now he's priced up to 3.5, so not quite as attractive. But again, if you're making, let's say you're in the, the 20 entry max tournament, I'm going to have a, a couple shares of Wilson Chandler again. Yeah, I've been on Chandler as well. I just, uh, you know, we know a little bit Chandler's upside and uh, that pseudo, you know, power forward, small forward combo role that he's going to be playing for them. And uh, I know you mentioned Marcus Aldridge, and Victoria Prince does end up guarding Aldridge, and Aldridge mid-range pulls him up, gets him into foul trouble a little bit. Uh, I would think that Chandler would probably benefit the most from anything like that. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to, you know, probably shy away from him too much. I'm also not going to be all aboard him. Um, but, again, he's one of those guys where if you land on him, you have 3,500 left, you'd love everything else about your lineup. Yeah, there's worse guys you could put in there. 
Um, you know, I think we're looking at for me the you know Dinwiddie. I, I definitely think is in play seventy nine hundred. Um, you know, the Murray defense is something I always like to note. It's not something that completely scares me off, but I mean, this guy's just been straight balling. It doesn't look like it's stopping. He's kind of on that Ingram level right now where it just feels like he has a floor of 40. Um, it always has an upside for a little bit more and they refuse to price him up over really AK. So I'm going to continue to kind of look at him. And I know you mentioned Allen. I'm actually looking at a, a little DeAndre Jordan in this game. Um, I just have that. I'm getting rubbed that way where it just feels like it's one of those DeAndre Jordan games. I like the price tag at 4,800. He's been in, you know, producing that for that price tag over the past uh, four games right now. So um, no problem going to him. Uh, you know, At the end of the day, he's averaging 26 uh, DK points over his last five games in only 20 minutes. So uh, that's probably going to be the most of my exposure, though. It's just going to be Dinwiddie, Jordan, and then if I land on Chandler and have enough money left, no problem going with that. Well, you know what's funny? I had a shell lineup here that I that I've been building as I was breaking down the slate, and I had a slot open for thirty five hundred dollars. I, I hadn't even finished it. I don't know why I hadn't put Wilson Chandler in there, but now he's in there. Um, and what I do sometimes when I build a lineup ahead of time is I take a picture of it just because I don't want to, <laughs> you know, go to sleep and and then get ready for the slate tomorrow and and forget to put it in. So I'm going to take a picture of this lineup. And um, on your DeAndre Jordan call, I actually don't like that. Do you know why? Ooh, tell me. Because now, now you've given me another center I have to choose from. <laughs> oh, I thought you had some <laughs> bad news. Like, I didn't know. I no, I don't, I don't want to do that. No, I mean, at the end of the day, I think going double centers where I'm going to end up being just because I think that's where a lot of the value is. And if, if it's one of those lineups where, like I said, game script, maybe, uh, maybe you're game scripting that, that Utah game just blows out by the fourth quarter. Gobert plays 26 minutes. Uh, you go double center and you just lock up Lopez and Jordan. Uh, you know, get some of your value there. You spend a solid seven k or what's it? I, I can't even add right now. Nine k between the two of them. Yeah, only nine um, k. And yep. that's that's pretty that's a pretty decent base where you can spend up on a few other guys. Maybe you want to go get a guy like a Dinwiddie or an Aldridge in there and still get uh, one of these studs and a nice little ancillary uh, Paul George in that final game or something like that. So there's a lot of options we have, man. That's what's going to make this slate so fun. We're going to be tinkering. You're you're not – if listen, if you feel good about your lineup before lock, you probably didn't do it right. You should have some <laughs> nervous feelings before these lineups lock uh, because there's so many different ways we can go. There's The ownership's going to be so random. I can't even imagine how this ownership's going to look. Yeah, you're right. It, this is a really fun slate because there are so many different ways to attack it. I agree. I, I'm excited about it. All right, man. Do you have any, uh, anything else from this game? Are you ready to move on to the last game of the night? Let's move to the last one. All right. And it is another star-studded uh, late-game hammer. We have the Houston Rockets traveling to L.A., uh, and they're going to be facing the Clippers. So uh, these teams have already faced a few times this season. Definitely the rivalry is fully brewing. Uh, I'm looking forward to watching this. Ejections will be full tilt. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm excited, man. Uh, who do you want to start with? Gosh, you know, this one is is tough for me because on paper, it seems like the most exciting game, especially in terms of stacking for a tournament. Um, but, you know, the, the, the price tags are just a little bit different from the earlier games. And I'm having a bit of a hard time with this. So, so help me work through it. You know, you mentioned they've, they've played twice. The first one was a little bit low scoring. Paul George did not play in that one. The second one was much more along the lines of what we'd expect, 122 to 119. So that's what you're hoping for if you stack this game. But, you know, how are you going to break it down? On uh, the, It's, it's going to be tough for us, man. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, if, if I'm going to start with the Clippers, the, the best price to me is Lou Williams at 5.9. In that last matchup against these guys, he went for 26, 3, and 8. Uh, I do think he fits well in the, the wide open game against the Rockets, and 5.9 is a really good price for him. So he's probably my number one target. The the price tag for Beverly jumped out at me to 4.4, but he actually hasn't done too much in this matchup. He's been working so hard defending Westbrook and doing a great job at it. Uh, so I guess I won't have as much of him as I normally would at 4.4. And then. I don't really think you can go wrong with with Kawhi or Paul George, but I'm you know again in my primary build I'm not going there. Um, you know if they're both playing, you know I think there's less of a chance that either one of them is really going to 
jump off and exceed value. So I probably, if I'm going to play a second clipper, I probably lean a little bit towards Harrell. And you know, hey, if I end up with Lou Williams and Harrell, and I'm I'm stacking those guys, <laughs> you you know I'm happy. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, that's yeah, probably man. the way I'm going to go. I'll be on them too. Once I hear that you're playing Lou Williams and Harrell, that means just sign me up. Uh, you are the guy that the go to for those two players. Um, I'm with you, man. I think Lou Williams is one of the best plays on the slate. Uh, Fifteen and Hunter is just stupid cheap for him in this matchup. You know it's going to be an up and down game. They're going to need his scoring. Um, I'm all for Lou Will in this game. Um, probably one of my favorite plays on the slate. One of my foundational plays. Uh, most of my exposure on the Clippers side is going to be Lou Will. Oh great! Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm all for that. Uh, I think the Beverly price tag is more than fair. So if you uh, you know one of those guys, not going to go out of my way to play. If I need to save money, forty four hundred, um, he's in there. I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not playing the guy like Brook Lopez, maybe you're getting your center exposure with Rudy Gobert and then getting DeAndre Jordan, uh, and you still need to save a little money. That's where Beverly steps into play. So I'm not going to go out of my way to play him. Uh, I think Paul George, and between Paul George and Kawhi, I would much prefer George. Um, just the price difference. Um, you know, both of them are pretty equal parts right now. So just give me the $700 savings, <clears throat> excuse me, and I have no problem going to him. And I think, uh, you know, you can definitely look at Harrell as well, 6,100 revenge game. He's averaging 36 minutes in both of the games that he's played the Rockets this season. Hasn't performed, uh, you know, too fantastic. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's it's going to be a high-paced matchup, and he's only 6,100, and it's good exposure to the game. Um, it's pretty much all I got on that side of the ball. I'm not really going to be going near, you know, the other ancillary pieces like the Harkless and Zubox. Yes, uh, Landry Shamit's back. Um, you know, he's inserted and in, in, I believe he started. Played 26 minutes. Um, you know, I'm not going to knock you if you want to go there for 3,800. It's a decent value play, um, but not going to go out of my way to play him. Yeah, I'm with you. One more stat on, on Montrez Harrell. Last four games... He is 21 of 24 at the free throw line. Really? How about that? All right, man. That's what I'm talking about, Harold. Uh, yeah, no, he's having a Seriously. career year. He's having a career he's year. Si- for the season, he's only 65% at the line. But if he gets at a gr- in a groove and he's knocking down you know, 80% or more at the line, that's a really nice edge for a guy who know- you know is already going to crush it with, with double-doubles. Yeah, and the one thing I wanted uh, you know, also point out with uh, with Harrell is sometimes you, you get that inflated price tag, which we're not seeing tonight. Sometimes you'll see him at that 67, 64, a little bit more expensive. And you'll notice is if you look at the game logs, um, he just does so much better when Kawhi Leonard sits out. You know, the shot attempts are always up every time. Um, the past two games that Kawhi sat out on back-to-backs, there's one game going against Chicago on the second half of a back-to-back, and then there was another game, <clears throat> excuse me, um, it was going against Indiana on the second half of a back-to-back. Um, and he played 30 minutes and took more than 20 shot attempts in both 22 versus Indiana and 24 against Chicago. So it might be something worth noting. If you see Kawhi Leonard sitting, a massive usage bump and shot attempts should be going Harold's way. Yes, let's keep that in mind going forward. All right. Uh, anything? Let's start. I mean, I can't say anything on Houston. Like, we don't have anything. Uh, how many and who <laughs> on Houston? Yeah, another very good question. You know, when I first saw the price tags here, Westbrook jumped out at me at 9.3, which seems a little bit low because he's had a number of games recently where he's been over 50 fantasy points. But in these two matchups, he really has not fared that well. You know, Beverly's done an excellent job. So as much as I like the price tag, I, I probably won't play as much Westbrook as I, as I thought I might. And Harden at 12.4, he has played well in this matchup. Um, so I'll get some of him on this slate, uh, but like I said, I, I really I do like Giannis, so I, I doubt I'll have any Giannis Harden lineups. That's gonna be tough. Um, yeah, it'll be tough. So for me, to. it's yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so for me, it's Capella. Um, he's been strong in this matchup. I like the price at seven point six, and you know, for me. I think a lot of these builds, I'll just have one of the really high-priced guys, and that will allow me to get more of these mid-tier guys like Capella and Gobert. So um, Capella, probably my favorite Rocket, and Tucker 4.7, I, th- I think that's an appra- uh, you know attractive price tag for him as well. I'm with you, man. Capella's uh, another great center on the slate. Clippers, I, I harp on it all the time. Their uh, their one the one crack in their armor is in their front court. They cannot defend opposing centers. Uh, they struggle. 
They do a lot of small ball lineups. Uh, Capella should be able to eat here at 7,600. Just another center to throw into the mix, man. So, um, you know, it's all going to come down to the construction. We talked about that several times. I'm going to have plenty of shares of Harden at, at the end of the day. Um, well, if I'm playing Harden, I might not be able to afford Capella. I, I like both of them. I'd like to get both of them in the lineup. Um, so maybe if I'm playing Harden, I get I go up my Lopez, DeAndre Jordan. Maybe if I don't uh, play Harden, I just go, you know, Lopez, maybe pay up for a guy like Giannis or LeBron, and then, uh, you know, put a little bit of Capella in there to get my exposure to the the Rockets side of the ball. Um, you know, looking at the wings, I think a couple of these guys – they're starting to eat into each other's value a little bit with the Ben McLemore, Daniel House. Um, you know, I think House, he just hasn't been getting it done. I've been playing him a little bit. I'm kind of waiting for that bounce back game to him to revert to the beginning of the season form that he had. It just doesn't look like it's coming. This isn't the matchup where I would expect it to turn around. Um, you know me, I'm not touching McLemore. I just don't do that. Uh, right. I still think it's amazing. Um, I, I, I don't know if it's changed since last game. Um, but I believe entering the last game, he has not taken a mid-range shot all season long. Can you believe that? Like, oh, D'Antoni must love him. It's either at the rim or it's a three-pointer. It's one or the other. That's, I mean, he is the perfect rocket. I mean, you know, in terms of the non-James Harden perfect rocket. Yeah, I mean. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, what they want down there. Carmelo Anthony didn't make it over there either, man. The fact, 10 games. No. Uh, that's it. I mean, <laughs> he was not like, the perfect rock. They don't want LaMarcus Aldridge. <laughs> they <laughs> no don't mid-range. want guys like that. They don't keep, want Carmelo. Keep keep, keep your, them away. Uh, keep your DeMar DeRozans and your and your uh, LaMarcus Aldridge Spurs. I, I guess those guys aren't even getting a lot of uh, you know attention in the trade market. Not a lot of people are that interested in guys like that anymore. Um, well, yeah. you know, that's all. It's all speculation though at this point. I mean, at the end of the day, if you can get LaMarcus Aldridge on your team, you got to get match up those salaries. I think that's what it comes down to. Uh, you know, what you're willing to give up to kind of match those salaries as far as picks and, uh, you know, young pieces to entice the Spurs enough to make the move. And I wonder at the end of the day if the Spurs just go and get another point guard. <laughs> <laughs> just to really muddy the waters? <laughs> I don't think they have enough, man. I think between, oh you gosh. know, Patty Mills, Derek White, DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker, I think they could really use another point guard. Uh, they might turn into the Spurs. Uh, they might turn into the Suns here. Remember how the Suns had all those guard, those point guards and the – Instead of keeping three good ones, they got rid of all of them. You know, Bledsoe, you know, he's doing much better. I Isaiah Thomas was like an MVP candidate. Dragic has been good in Miami. You know, and, and they just keep cycling through them. Why? You didn't even it, say the best one, man? You left you left Brandon Knight out just like that? <laughs> <laughs> Come on. No respect for Brandon Knight, man. Come on. Yeah, you know, the, those Spurs, I mean, I personally would have some interest in DeRozan if I was trading uh, if, if I was a, a general manager, probably not as much interested in LaMarcus. But, yeah, they just have a different style there. And, you know, it's worked for 20 years. But, you know, 10 years ago, I think those guys would have been much more attractive as trade bait. But now it's, you know, more along the lines of what Houston does. Layups, free throws, and three-pointers. I, I wouldn't be shocked if we see Portland uh, try to get him back, LaMarcus. Let him- yeah, he, he fit with them. Oh yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, they they you know they're looking at Kevin Love. Uh, you know, Lamarcus can kind of fits a similar role. Maybe Love's a better shooter. Don't get me wrong, Lamarcus a little better defensively. Uh, but you know, just to get him back, he was always a hometown guy. Left on kind of good terms. Um, I think that would be something. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, at the very least, it would sell you some tickets. People are Lamarcus Aldridge fans in Portland. I ain't gonna change. Yeah, a little renaissance. Oh yeah. All right, man. Uh, <laughs> anything else you're really looking at this one? Any uh, any love for like guy like Austin Rivers or any of these bench guys? Really, or are you just you know? I think in these kinds of games, Ooh, it's... Austin Rivers against his dad after that little brouhaha on the court with the ejection last time. <laughs> Tee him up. <laughs> Tee him now, I can't up. remember. Was that? Oh, that was two matchups ago. That was when they played in Houston, right? I believe so. He got his he got his dad teed up. Yeah, uh, and I, my favorite is when Chris Paul called out uh, what's his name for the untucked shirt for the game winning free throw. Oh yeah, and now I feel like it's every game a ref is calling somebody out for an untucked shirt. You know, uh, it just started happened. a trend. Yeah, it just happened last night with Brooklyn and the Pelicans. It's every night. Oh man, Wilson the trend. Wilson Chandler came out, and this was like I want to say less than thirty seconds in. Now I can't remember if it was regulation or overtime. But it was at that stage of the game where, you know, a technical foul was very important. And Wilson Chandler came out with his shirt untucked, 
the refs called it right away and the broadcasters said thank you very much Chris Paul you know even though Chris Paul wasn't in the game they thanked him for you know bringing that issue to the attention of of the NBA and and the referees as a whole and sure enough they called it hey rules are rules man <laughs> rules are rules <laughs> and they're meant to be broken and you know the guys keep doing it on that one hey listen man i like a nice clean tucked in jersey yeah, I, that's I don't, true. I, don't, I, I even when I'm playing, I can't have my jersey flopping around everywhere. I don't like that. I like to, I like to, <laughs> you know, keep it clean and tucked. <laughs> there uh, you go. Got to know my movement. Um, all right, man. Well, that's all I really got. I'm not gonna, you know, sit here and uh, you know keep dumpster diving on uh, on Houston trying to really take. It. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm looking at this and this game. They want to stay. In it. They just need to go with their big guns here. Um, and that's kind of what I'm really looking at. Not even. I'm not even really looking at PJ Tucker too much. I mean, if you, he's another guy, I never mind landing on PJ Tucker. Uh, just because, you know, we know the minutes are going to be there. And sometimes we like to think minutes equal money, but they're not always uh, created equally. And when you play next to James Harden and Russell Westbrook, uh, they're definitely not the same type of minutes. Well, maybe he'll be the, the difference maker on this slate. We keep talking about tucking our shirts in. So it is P.J. Tucker after all. Oh, that might Let's... be fate. That might be, <laughs> oh, might be on to something That now. could be it. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll wrap it up with, uh, you know, I, I kind of alluded to it earlier at the show that maybe at the end of it, we'll just kind of, you know, go through these uh, these five stars who I guess, um, you know, maybe we'll leave Paul George out because he's priced under 9K. We'll still do five stars. Let's run through these five guys priced over 9K and just, uh, I guess, rate them point per dollar. So not necessarily based, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to easily go Jan or Harden, Giannis. Uh, but those are the two most expensive guys. So I guess point per dollar. Um, you know, we could take turns. Uh, how would you rate these five guys? And if, if you need a minute to kind of to break it down, uh, I have no problem going first. So you just let me know. Yeah, why don't you go first? Lead the way here. All right, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I'm looking at hard at number one. At the end of the day, I, I don't mind paying that 12-4 price tag. A couple down games. He's played very well in this type of in this matchup twice already this season. Uh, you know he's going to get up. The rivalry, everything is there. Um, and when we have this many stars available, that's that's the kind of thing I look for to kind of pull some of that ownership away from Harden because he's always going to garner massive ownership on every single slate. So anything, any little edge I can get to kind of pull some of that ownership away um, and try to nail one of those 70 or 80 point games when he's just slightly less owned, I'm willing to take a shot at that. So I'd have Harden. Uh, Harden is definitely going to be ranked number one for me. Um, and then, you know, it's it's hard to not put Giannis at number two. Um, it sounds kind of cheeky just saying it. You know, I obviously said, you know, just going point per dollar, it would be those two. Uh, that's why I switch it up a little bit uh, with some of the other guys is going to be after this. But Giannis, I think, is easily coming into a fantastic spot. Um, I'm, I'm going to put it like this. Definitely number two, possibly number one if uh, Anthony Davis is ruled out. Um, but at the end of the day, I don't know if I would if I would choose to opt to, if I'm playing one lineup, if I would play him over Harden. Um, I'm not going to be able to get to that decision. So I'll say Giannis two, and then uh, looking at the third, you know it's going to come down to Kawhi Leonard uh, and LeBron. In uh, this one, that's this is where it gets dicey uh, for me. I think I'd, uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm thinking I might even look more towards Leonard. Uh, that that the salary I think might make the big difference. Um, I like Leonard and Paul George in this matchup. I know you said that they eat into each other so much. I I, I agree with you. I definitely believe they do, and I still want some Lou Williams exposure. Uh, but these guys are going to be needed. He's going to be nice and fresh, kind of like me some Kawhi Leonard. Um, it's and you know if if there's a game that he's going to play thirty plus minutes, it's going to be this one. And then okay. I would say uh, LeBron, and then I would probably put Westbrook last for me. Uh, I just haven't been paying up for Westbrook this season. Um, I don't really feel like it. I don't want to start now, especially when I just talked all that good about Harden. Okay, interesting. Well, I'm glad I let you go first because I was ready to to rank a different five guys. Oh, because <laughs> we had uh, AD on the slate, and we've got Trey Young at nine point eight. Oh yeah, that's right. Well, we got a lot of guys to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Trey Young sitting up there. I, I but, would rank I would rank Trey Young a ahead of Westbrook. Uh, he's probably ahead of uh, Davis for me. I'd probably have him. That's tough. Uh, I'd probably have him behind Kawhi, uh, behind James as well. He's going to be low, okay, the lowest so, owned out of all of them, though. So it makes him the best tournament play. So he's basically in your in your fifth. So basically, you're going to go Harden, Giannis, Kawhi, LeBron, Trey Young, Anthony Davis, Westbrook. Yes, sir. That sounds like a great order to me. All right, I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Giannis is going to be number one for me. 
because he's the the one star in Milwaukee. He's not going to split up the fantasy points like AD and LeBron. I am going to go LeBron number two. I think he's going to, you know, he's going to sort of take it personally that they couldn't win against Indiana with with AD out. Uh, big TNT game here. Um, he won't go 0 for 6 from three-point land, hopefully. So he's number two for me. Harden is number three. I don't think I even need to really explain why. Trey Young, number four. Like you mentioned, Conley's out. Then I'll put AD number five. I'll go Kawhi Leonard number six. Again, because I, I just don't think he'll need to dominate like these other stars. And then Westbrook seventh because of that uh, Beverly defense. All right, man. I think we uh, think we, we kind of gave everything we got. We do. Um, at the end of the day, it's just uh, build a lot of lineups and have fun, guys. I'm not saying go out there and spend your whole bankroll, but normally if, maybe if you're a person that sits there and enters a – you know, a few twelve dollar contests. Maybe instead of entering your two twelve dollars, you run out a bunch of those four dollar ones of that twenty ma- uh, twenty entry max or something like that. Just have some fun. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you want to just sit back and be able to enjoy these games without getting all upset and tilted because one of your guys fouled out or something happened or they're, they're getting shut down and you paid you know ten k for them or whatever it might be. So I would say you know have some fun with this slate, play a couple lineups, sit back, get the popcorn, watch a few games and. It's going to be probably one of the, the better slate of games that we've had in a little while for only a four-gamer. You know, that's well said. Good good way to – because I, I heard Kevin Harlan say that in all his years at TNT, this is the best doubleheader he's ever seen midseason. Just with all the star power, the matchups, you know, these four teams, you know, Lakers, Bucks, Rockets, Clippers, with their title potential. So that's right. Get the popcorn out and let's have some fun. I mean, this could be, you know, a preview of the uh, of the Western Conference Finals. It could be a preview of the the NBA Finals that we're seeing. There's so That's many right. different options of uh, ways that this can go. So, I'm really excited, man. I told you, I'm gonna I'm gonna be popcorn ready. I'm gonna probably have my phone on silent. Uh, I apologize in advance if I don't get to any Twitter questions or anything like that. Again, <laughs> um, keep it going, guys. I mean, I, I I'm sorry if I don't get to them. I'm sure everybody else here, I can speak for them as well. Uh, I, I, we know when we see them, we try to get to them. Sometimes I'm on, I'm on the road and I just look at it real quick and I see it and I, I forget to respond. Um, but I do appreciate, you know, uh, you guys coming to us with your questions. We're more than happy to answer them as soon as possible. We try to be prompt, but just keep them coming. If we don't get them, doesn't mean that we're not going to, or we're ignoring you. Um, maybe we'll get the next one for you. And that's our hope. So, uh, don't forget to give us a rate and review. If you guys get a second, uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, YouTube, we're all over the place. Thumbs up, rate and review. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. At the end of the day, we like to give you and keep this content free. Um, and it's because of these fantastic reviews that we're able to bring in some sponsors like Hawaiian Isles, Kona Coffee, and all this other great stuff um, and have them for you. So uh, we want to keep it that way. And again, thank you. Uh, we notice every single time it pops up. Uh, you know, we just had another one the other day. So thank you guys. Uh, keep it going. Um, and you can always find us on Twitter as well. Like you said, where I answer the questions out there. Uh, you can find me at Mike Patra, M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. You can find Andrew Hansen at Language Olympic, L-A-N-G-U-A-G-E-O-L-Y-M-P-I-C. You can find Coach at Joe Sarvati. That's J-O-E-S-A-R-V. Uh, oh, I, butcher, I butchered it. J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. I'm trying to do this all off the top right now. Uh, Right now, Andrew. I, yeah, that's I, how I, I always do it too. I'm, I'm not like uh, I'm not like I, I don't do the coach has everything. He's organized, man. Uh, he's much better than me when it comes to the organization. I I can't do that. Uh, and then also, um, you know, our newest and uh, you know making himself nice at home, Miles Hartley. Uh, kid's fantastic. He crushes it out here. I love doing the shows with him. You guys been crushing it on Saturday nights, going into that that Sunday card. So I, I'm listening to you every Sunday morning when I'm having my Hawaiian Isles. So you can definitely go find Miles at Miles sixty five sixty five. Uh, we got a phenomenal team over here, man, and uh, we're getting some new graphics. So if you're seeing us over there in some of the in the iTunes store, whatever it is, uh, and you're trying to find us, no, we're we're not gone. Uh, we just switched up our our graphic over there for our thumbnail, uh, and uh, it's it looks pretty good. Uh, we I believe uh, we got a new uh, was it a new a new a guy in the back end? I can't. I'm sorry. I want to give him the credit, and I'm a jerk, so I'm gonna have to come back with that next time. Write write the note down right now. I uh, give credit where credit is due. That's one thing I hate to do. I went to school for journalism manager, so I got to be able to give people their credit. Uh, otherwise, I am a fool. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's that's it, man. Uh, anything? Uh, any closing statements? Any last things? Any thoughts that you uh, you want to share with people before we head off? 
No, I'm just gonna I'm gonna tuck my shirt in as I make my lineups tomorrow, and uh, yeah, tuck in the shirt, and let's make some winning lineups. Absolutely, man. Let's do it. All right, guys. (laughs) Good luck, and uh, we will catch you tomorrow. Me and Andrew will be back, so we're looking forward to that. I will see you tomorrow, Andrew. Yes, sir. See you then. Take care, guys. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation.